Welcome to Welcome to the Hallwell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 4, Episode 8 of Charmed. Black is Coal! Okay, so what is it about Cole episodes? Like, Cole is one of the strongest, if not the strongest, characters that Charmed ever did. I feel like that's not a controversial statement to make. Cole is the engine behind some of the most powerful stories in Charmed. Why do all of his episodes suck? Okay, that might be a little harsh. Okay, I don't feel like I hated this episode as much as you did. Oh, I didn't hate this episode. Oh, okay. I, I didn't hate this episode. It's The thing is, it's a nothing episode. This should be a really good episode, and it's not. This episode could have been an email. <laughs> this episode could have been an email. And important stuff happens. In no, it. that's what I meant. The, but the important stuff happens at the very end, and it's not really. And But the thing is, like, this is a really good concept for an episode, too. Like, Cole has killed a lot of people over the years, and having, you know, consequences for that would have been an interesting thing. A a witch whose husband... Uh, oh, oh, let's not... Don't even get me started except do, because I have a lot to say and will. A witch whose husband was killed by Cole. Or, I guess she's not a witch, but she Her husband magic. was a witch. Yeah, but she learned... Why Why didn't they just make her a witch? They, there's this weird thing where she's like, oh, I'm not a witch, my husband was a witch, but then I learned some magic after he died to find his killer. Why don't... Why isn't magic a thing that's better defined in the show as far as where it comes from and how you do it? Also, how does that not make her a witch? Like... If she learned some magic in order to find the killer, wouldn't that just make her a witch? If witches are different species of, of being and their powers are passed down through through the blood, then why are Wiccans who can learn magic a thing? Sometimes why, why is, when the show remembers. Right? Why is this why is this not better defined show? Well, I feel like it would have just streamlined things if they made her a witch too. Like like I said, don't even get me started. But, like, no, it's a good story idea. Someone who, you know, whose loved one was killed by Balthazar comes after Cole. Just because the Charmed Ones have decided to be cool with Cole doesn't mean, you know, the many people he killed won't want revenge. It it kind of reminds me of a weird way to go back to our Once Upon a Time podcast. Oh, my. Oh, right. The way that everybody's just supposed to forgive Regina. Yeah, like, we love Lana Perea. We get why, like, there's a reason she's, like, the big character of that show. But she also murdered a ton of people for no reason, especially in the hell season. How is the hell season not filled with people who are honked off at Regina for snapping their necks for choreography? It's okay for us to love her. You know why? She's fictional, right? But in actuality, if you're telling a coherent story, people should be angry and not like, ooh, hashtag boss babe. Yeah, and honestly, it, it makes sense for Emma to be cool with Regina because she wasn't around for any of that. Like, they, they have jokes about the episode where she goes back in time and sees Regina as the evil queen, where she just thinks the whole thing's kind of ridiculous because she wasn't there when Regina was burning people alive with her mind. Hashtag boss, babe. <laughs> but yeah, this is a good story. It just, it doesn't really do much with it. It's, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, it's, it's weekly done. So I have been promising slash threatening that I'm going to put together a watch list for you of the episodes of Stargate that 
feature Vala Maldoran in a way that is fun to watch so that you can just absorb the beauty of Claudia Black. Throw, throw, throw over, not throw back, throw, throw sideways to our Farscape podcast. Welcome to the Uncharted Territories. Mm. But so that you can just absorb the amazingness that's Claudia Black without having to watch the Stargate stuff that I just know you're going to find super boring. Go on. Her character is a character who was... Uh, Possessed by those evil aliens. Yes, she she had a, she was a ghouled host. And now she is not. And there's an episode where they go to a planet that she had ruled over and she goes on trial. And it's so much better than this episode of Charmed. I saw a gift set of a sci-fi, I want to say movie, but possibly series that uh, that Claudia Black was in. And I assumed it was from a few years ago, but it's recent. There's one just coming out. Yeah, she's doing publicity for it right now. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, she has not aged. Or she's aged so incredibly well. Like, I thought it was from, like, 20 years ago. I thought it was, like, a recent post-Farscape thing, but... I don't want to say she hasn't aged, because she doesn't look like she's in her 20s now. I think it's more of a Keanu Reeves thing, where she's obviously older. She just still is gorgeous. She's aged like a fine wine. She becomes more gorgeous with every passing year. Like Paul Rudd. Okay, yes, I agree that she is obviously older, but it's not exactly like Keanu Reeves because Keanu Reeves does look his age. Mm. I've never understood it when people are like, oh, Keanu Reeves is not aging. No, he's... He's just continuing to be an attractive man of the age that he currently is. Yeah, like... At every age. Like, you can see him visibly aging. He's just still attractive. It's okay to be attracted to older people. That's right. But she looks like she's in her, like, 40s, which I know she's not. Yeah, yeah. Like, she looks older than Hollywood actresses are normally allowed to look, but she looks, you know. I mean, I'm never going to not argue that Claudia Black is gorgeous. And I mean, you know, I have stated many times that she is the second most beautiful human being that I've ever seen in real life. Like, you get you get immune to it on television because, like, everyone's beautiful on television, so you don't really think about it. And then you see them in real life and you're like, you're stunning. You're, like... You're amazing. Charmed. We, we should talk about this episode. I can't believe you didn't ask me who the most beautiful person I've ever seen in real life was. Who's the most beautiful person you've seen in real life? Shoot, what's her real name? The woman who played Inara on, on Firefly. Oh, um... Is it... Oh, no. I, I, I've only actually seen a few episodes of Firefly. It it never super clicked for me. Okay, cut this because I'm embarrassed that I can't remember her name. But yeah, that she that's the most gorgeous woman I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's... Like takes your takes your breath away. Vaguely speaking of Farscape, I promise we will go back to uh, we will go back to Charmed really soon. But I kind of want to rewatch Guardians of the Galaxy now that I've seen a bunch of Farscape. Right? Because it's it's one of those things where like I'm aware, and as we watch more and more of Farscape, I'm very very aware of how deeply from Farscape the Guardians of the Galaxy movie drew. It drew way more from Farscape than it did from the Guardians of the Galaxy comics. Yeah. No, I feel like I told you this all the time when we started watching Farscape, and you were like, yeah, okay, whatever, sci-fi, seen one, seen them all, I'm not a sci-fi person, whatever. Now that you've seen it, I feel like I'm like, no, Dra- see? <laughs> Drax is just Dargo, Star-Lord is literally John Crichton. Yeah, Star-Lord is so much more John Crichton than the Star-Lord from the comics. Like, it, what, what? His whole, his whole thing 
his whole thing with Zoe Saldana is so John's thing with Aaron. Like, I, I, speaking of, speaking of falling in love with the person who should be your enemy, let's talk about this episode of Charmed. Yeah. Well, that was kind of a... Where we, 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 made, we made it back. That's the important thing. <laughs> so, I thought you were going to say something different about Cole when you said his episodes are all kind of eh. Yeah. I thought you were going to say a thing that I just, I feel every time I'm watching the show, every time we're talking about this show, Charmed is the first show since Charlie's Angels that featured an all-female cast. Mm -hmm. It is, I I think it beat Charlie's Angels to be the longest-running all-female show. Yep, until until Desperate Housewives, Charmed was the longest-running show with all-female leads. So it makes me feel like a traitor to my sex to be like, man, I just want a Colin Leo show. Like, <laughs> fuck the, fuck these witches. I just want to watch Cole do Cole. I mean, it was cool last episode where, you know, Cole and Leo went into the underworld and Leo was like Cole's bloodhound sniffing out Piper while Cole was taking out all the demons. Like, that was cool. That was a cool team up. I mean, the Cole-Leo team up is basically... A watered down version of the Azrafael Crowley team up from Good Omens. So really, this, I just I, I should just go reread Good Omens, or rewatch it, which is basically just like reading it, but then having it narrated to you. Because that that is a fucking accurate adaptation. Not to get into a whole other thing before we even start one minute of this episode, but you've seen that thing on Twitter where like people are angry at Neil Gaiman because of how woke i i hope you could hear the finger quotes i put there the new lord of the rings show is and he's like what does that have to do with Neil Gaiman?" he's like you know i don't work on that right like because he he's been slapping back uh like he's been responding to all of those things but people keep on being like oh you're you're making lord of the rings so woke this isn't what tolkien would have wanted Neil Gaiman has nothing to do with that show. Like, I think maybe they got confused because of the Sandman adaptation. and Or because he's out there being like, um, actually, I knew J.R.R. Tolkien. I mean, he didn't. I knew J.R.R. Tolkien. I'm friends with J.R.R. Tolkien. You are no J.R.R. Tolkien. Like, he's been out there like, no, actually, this is what he would have wanted. So you can all go fuck yourselves. If you're honked off about there being black elves or whatever in this new show... I just want to point, and if you're like, oh, that's not what that's not what Tolkien would have wanted, I want to point out he describes Sam in the books as having brown skin. So I hope you're really honked off at the fact that Sean Astin was Sam. And I mean, to be honest, I get frustrated when liberals, not leftists, but liberals. No, I'm making the distinction because as a leftist, sometimes I'll trash liberals, and I just want to be clear, I'm trashing them from the left side of the spectrum. Anyway, I get frustrated when liberals are like. Ignore this. It's a distraction. And you're like, okay, but marginalized people are not a distraction. They're they're people who, like, their house is burning down. Like, you don't be like, this house fire is a distraction from this other house fire. That's not intersectional. That's not where we want to be as political people. But goddamn, the, 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 the I hate black fantasy creatures thing the conservatives are doing just feels like a direct denial of service attack on us that they're just like throwing nonsense at us to overwhelm our brains with with what with with this terrible takes 
I saw this thing. I'm not going to get into it. I know we need to actually talk about the show. I'm not going <laughs> to get into it, into it. But I saw this thing where someone was like, I'm really frustrated because I'm very sick of the live action Disney adaptations. Like, mm -hmm. they're never as good as the originals. You know, it feels like an excuse not to tell new stories. But now I feel obligated to see the new Little Mermaid because of the sheer overwhelming amount of racism the right is directing towards this. A movie I had no intention of seeing beforehand. But we're going to now. Yeah, but I'm going to now, which... You know, it'll, like, it'll be fine. Yeah, like, the live-action Disney movies range from eh to eh. But... Well, I mean, like, the music's still gorgeous. Like, it's not... Really? Really? The I Won't Be Silenced song from the new Aladdin movie? Oh, I meant... I meant... I meant we're gonna go see the Little Mermaid. It's the same amazing songs. Yeah, the same per performed yeah. by amazing singers. Like, there's not too. Watch me like shoot shoot us <laughs> in the head here. There's not too much you can fuck up about that. Mm. It's great songs performed by great singers. I feel like <laughs> it's gonna be okay. Also, I I am such a contrarian. I really like the live action Aladdin. I like the live You're action. You're right. The I won't be fine. silent. Song is not good. I appreciate that they wanted to put a new song in there, but girl boss, the song. Also, the problem with putting with putting a new song in these classic Disney Renaissance songbooks is that you have the stop reminding me of this great movie in the middle of your shitty movie problem, but like in reverse, mm. it's like you're not. You're not Alan Menken. You're not Howard Ashman. I don't know what you think you're doing getting up there. And the thing is, if you're adding in a new song, songs need to further the plot or tell you something about the story. Like, having a song where right before Jasmine is captured... She's literally stopping the action. Literally stopping the action for her to sing this whole song about how she's a strong woman and she won't be captured and, you know, she won't be silenced and her voice will, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then the song ends and she's captured and does nothing for the rest of the movie. It kind of undermines the whole point of the song. I guess she becomes Sultan at the end. That was the, that was the thing they changed, which, okay, fine, whatever. But it's not really like she did stuff in the movie that she... It's, didn't do in the original. It's not an appropriate moment for a power ballad. It's not. like, And it's like a half power ballad. Musicals are structured the way that they are for a reason. I mean, it kind of takes the place of the shitty, you know... 11 o'clock number that I hate? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Although I, I was going to go with the more like the wizard and... Not the wizard and I. Uh, what's the wizard song in Wicked? Uh, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Like, it, it kind of takes... Wait, do you not like the song Wonderful? No, I like the song Wonderful. Okay, because that's a great song. Yeah, but it's also kind of the comedy song to, like, lighten up the second act. And it sort of, it, it's, it's, uh, Won't Be Silenced or whatever it's called. It's not that kind of song, but it, it exists in the space where that sort of song happens in musicals. Okay, we've gone so far off track, but I feel like what you're, what you're seeing, like, what, what you're, the reason you're drawing this analogy is because like that song in the live action Aladdin, Wicked, which is one of my favorite musicals, is really bizarrely structured. Because like all the important stuff happens in the first half. That's why we should definitely split it into two movies. 
Jesus Christ, that, oh, it's going to be such a disaster. And then people are going to be like, see, nobody wants musical movies. And it's like, no, fuck you. We've been wanting a wicked movie for years. We just didn't want you to fuck it up. Oh, my God. I can't believe they're going to split it into two movies. What's wrong with them? Oh, and you know what? What's wrong with us? We're going to we're going to watch them. them. Yeah, we're going to we're going to fucking do what they want and give them all of our money twice. Yeah. I like the second act of Wicked. I know it's not as strong as the oh first God, act, it's but it's so slow. <laughs> but I mean, it's good. I mean, shocking no one. A Stephen Sondheim musical has some real bangers in it. Wicked's not Stephen Sondheim. It's uh, Stephen Schwartz. Sorry, yes, Stephen Schwartz. Like, <laughs> shocking no one. It's got some real bangers in it. Like, I like No Good Deed Goes Unpunished. I know that there are some people who aren't big on it. No, but... I, I like that. Um, uh, it here it doesn't it doesn't that song doesn't like slap on the cast recording i mean it's fine it's it's not bad but that sequence in the play is amazing Hmm. honestly i I kind of feel the same way about burn from hamilton on on the cast recording it's fine but that sequence in the play is just like god damn this moment is so intense i love it the big thing i want out of the Wicked movies is to finally get a proper recording of Wicked Witch of the East, which it might just be because it's not on the CD, so I didn't get to listen to it over and over again. But I think it's such a strong song, and it's weird that it's not on the cast recording. That is a weird cast recording thing. Like, it's always a thing that cast recordings will like not have one song on them. I don't know why. It's very bizarre. And, like, there are so many better cuts you could do. Like, I'm sorry, Dear Old Shiz is not a good song. Or, uh... Well, it's barely a song! It's barely a song! It's literally just, like, a scene transition. And likewise for the reprise of I'm Not That Girl, which I do like, but it's, like, 20 seconds long. Well, it shouldn't be its own track. Yeah, it should... Just stick it on on the end of I'm Not That Girl. (laughs) Or stick it at the beginning of, uh the fuck song because it leads into the fuck song okay we are going to talk about charms but i do want to say one more thing about musicals okay then i'm gonna say one more thing about wicked okay the thing i love about fuck songs and musicals is that you know obviously the actors aren't going to have sex unless it's a certain kind of musical but like obviously they're not going to have sex so instead it's two people singing about the metaphor of sex while belting as loudly as they can into each other's faces. Well, so it's weird because we're talking about, as you said, fuck songs. Yeah. But that is kind of a really instructive way of talking about how musicals work. You know, when when it's too much to speak, you sing. When it's too much to sing, you fuck. Wait, something like that. No, but no, that's the... A fuck song really kind of epitomizes this is the way we express emotions that we're not going to enact on stage. This is the way we show, like, the strength of emotion. So, yeah, no, that's that's actually a good, instructive point. Okay, here's my last thing about Wicked. Okay, and then we will talk about <laughs> Charmed. We'll get there. If they're going to split it into two movies, one movie should just be Dancing Through Life. Just the dancing through life sequence for 90 minutes, and then the second movie, like, goes back to the beginning. (laughs) And then, like,
like jumps over dancing through life and then does the rest of the movie. That's that's how you that's how you split Wicked into two movies. To be fair, making a ninety minute version of Dancing Through Life is only like three minutes longer than Dancing Through Life is. I don't care. I love that song. Oh no, I love it too. It's just it's it's a really long song. It's that and the uh, intro song to Into the Woods were my songs that I would listen to if I needed to kill a lot of time because they're both like. <laughs> 10 minute long songs yes but they're good charmed charmed okay so so the the sisters are once again hunting demons the thing that they do i do really like that they have like basically nothing to go on the elders are sending them after a demon that's hunting witches and piper's like really really a a demon that kills witches that's all we've got to work with here Piper's just irritable because she's late for her shift at Target. <sighs> I like her shirt. It's... She's wearing she's wearing a red mock turtleneck and khaki pants. Like yeah, she yeah. looks like she's late for her shift at Target. Like this is not this is not a burn. It's just a statement of fact. She tells she tells Paige, and I think this is just to scare her because I feel like in another episode she'd be the one bitching about how. All they know about him is that he uses an athame to kill witches, and that's not a lot to go on. But she scares Paige by being like, well, that means we know he has hands. Yeah, come on, Charmed. Let's be let's be honest. Except for, what, like the slime demon later on? Mm-hmm. The demon design in Charmed is very, very humanoid. Right? Like, there are occasionally demons that still have makeup, but we're heading straight into the demons are just people wearing black clothes era of Charmed. Oh my god, yes. The emo demon phase. So one of the reasons Piper's honked off that isn't just the incredibly vague mission the elders have gotten them is that Leo is on the wanting a baby train now. It's kind of funny how, like, Phoebe brought it up last episode and Leo started, like, he was like, oh, I don't know about that. I'm a nervous man. I don't want to commit to having a baby. But now he's like entirely on the baby train. And Piper, Baby talked him into it. Yeah, and Piper's like, I don't know. There's a lot of attempted murder in this house and occasionally actual murder. Mm-hmm. So maybe this isn't a safe environment for a baby. And Leo Orbson, he's like, but we could protect the baby using magic. Paige is like, why don't you use a practice baby? And... Piper's like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. There's no such thing as a practice, baby. Yeah, let's just go down to the baby store and rent out a baby page, you idiot. Tell you what, woman who is a social worker, if you can think of a thing that's a practice, baby, then go ahead and bring it in. Like, I mean, come on, Piper. Come on, Piper. So Paige is looking for a demon that uses an athame to kill, and... And Leo's like, oh, you know, Cole in his demon form used an athame to kill. And Okay, wait, no, no. I, I like this because she she finds the Balthazar page and she's like, ooh, this is the demon. And they're like, oh, no, that's Cole. That's Cole's demon form. And she's like, ew, I knew he was a demon, but I didn't know he was an ugly demon. <sighs> yeah, she she's weirded out. I, I guess understandably she's like, Cole used to kill people? And they're like, you knew he was a demon. She's See, like, I don't think that's understandable. I think this is all very naive on Paige's part. Yeah, I mean, I guess you assume... I know it's not really a thing in Charmed, but I would assume that there are just a bunch of demons who don't kill people, like, who just, like, get their energy from sadness or whatever. This so is they not sp- Angel. I know it's not Angel, but you, you'd assume that there are some lower-level demons that just get energy from, like, knocking ice cream cones out of kids' hands or whatever. Nope, all demons kill people. Nope. 
until uh, we get to Drake. I love I love Drake. I love Drake so much. I love specifically how he's like, I uh, I never left the underworld, so I never actually killed anyone. So it's okay if Phoebe has sex with me. I never. That, that I is never... a great conceit. Yeah. I have a question. Am I am I wrong? Has has Phoebe not done the thing where she scrapbooks the coal page yet? No, she already did that. Then why is the scrapbooked coal page not there? Do you think she took all of those bits off after uh, after she started hooking up with Cole again? I hope, I hope, you know what? I hope so, because that's kind of hilarious. That You're not supposed to do that with the Book of Shadows. I feel like, I feel like the Book of Shadows is append only. You only add to it. You do not take away. But she's like, just kidding. He's my boyfriend again. Don't, don't stay Cole. He has a soul. Yeah, yeah. The pictures that she paste it into the book of shadows of cole should still be in there on the balthazar page i wonder if the bit she wrote about him like liking long walks on the beach <laughs> she just like ripped that page out because remember that was the page that was facing balthazar mm. so the balthazar page would still be there so she must have just ripped it out which makes me wonder which demon was on the opposite side of that page we know banshees oh have they they have dealt with banshees yeah Okay. That so, was that was the episode where she thought Cole was killing people right, because of the... it flipped. But okay. Or well, no, or no, she had a premonition when she was touching the Balthazar page, but it was because. Okay, well, those are, so that's fine because they don't need a banshee page anymore, and banshees are probably taken care of forever, and it's not like any of their descendants are going to need it. Yeah. Good luck. Uh, good luck, Chris and Wyatt. I, mean, I guess good luck, Chris. Wyatt's functionally omnipotent. Okay, so it's not just me. This show also loves its male characters more than its female characters. Oh, yeah, like... We'll, we'll get into Wyatt when Wyatt shows up. But the fact that the Charmed Ones are the most powerful witches in the universe, and it's like the power of three such a big honking deal. But really, they just exist to give birth to Wyatt. Yeah, like, the fact that Wyatt is functionally omnipotent, kind of. Although, I guess later in the show, the sisters are also kind of functionally omnipotent, so. Mm. Mm. But Wyatt doesn't have to rhyme to do stuff. He can just summon dragons with his brain. He doesn't need to do a little, hey diddle diddle, a dragon is over there now. Playing a fiddle. Yeah. Okay. Although, there's a later episode where Phoebe casts a spell that does not rhyme. (gasps) And I'm like, okay, so you could just say words and... Wait, doesn't a, doesn't a character do a haiku spell? Doesn't Paige do a haiku spell at one point? Uh, yeah, I Hasn't think... Hasn't that already happened, I think? I, I don't think it's happened yet. Okay. But... Yeah, I, I feel like Paige does a haiku spell because she's like, rhymes aren't her thing. So we get a phone transition, which we haven't had in a while, where Phoebe calls Piper because they're in the alley and there are no demons, and then we cut to the alley. Yeah, where a spider demon, I guess, or a... Uh, maybe it's maybe it's a, a Power Rangers villain. Oh, I was thinking Mortal Kombat, the the guy who shoots the spear thing. Except he shoots like a he shoots like a CGI slime webbing out of his hand. Yeah, and he grabs Phoebe with it, and he's pulling Phoebe in to kill her. And Cole Cole grabs her to stop Phoebe from being pulled in, and then he shifts. Uh, it's it's a really neat bit. Like he he checks with her, and then he. He, gra- he switches it so he's only holding her with one hand so he can energy ball the guy with his other hand. The demon explodes and uh, they fall on top of each other, speaking of Farscape, and are they're all covered in slime. Speaking of last episode of Charmed, I guess they had some leftover slime from the slime demon. Okay, I have a real issue with this, though. Mm-hmm. I guess it's not a real issue. I have a teeny tiny issue with this. 
the demon is trying to like reel Phoebe in. It's got like its slime tentacle wrapped around her ankle. And Cole is holding on to her to keep her from being pulled in. And they look at each other and they like make eye contact and they know what they're thinking. And Cole's like on the count of three. And he's like one, two, three. And then he shoots a fireball, kills the demon. Phoebe falls on top of him, as you said, speaking of Farscape. It seems like the thing that they should have communicated with their eyes was that he was going to let go of Phoebe. She was going to use the the strength of the demon trying to reel her in against him and, like, kick him in the face. Why isn't that what they were doing? Yeah, whatever. It worked. But as, uh, as Phoebe lands on top of Cole and they're covered in demon goo and they're laughing, Cole's like, marry me. I'm, I'm gonna... I like how you just did that, like, like maybe a uh, few K from Arrested Development. <laughs> Marry me! Eh, I mean, I'm going to be super honest here. I kind of thought that this happened earlier in the season and that they got engaged right away. I think that Phoebe is really annoying in this episode. Oh, God, Phoebe's so annoying in this episode. And here's the thing. She doesn't have to marry him. It's totally legit for her to say, you know what? I'm not there yet. Like, no. That's fine. But for her to be like, okay, well, it doesn't count as a proposal because it was a spontaneous statement of your emotions and not like a thing that you had thought about for a long time. And he's like, okay, but that, yes, but upon reflection, that spontaneous emotion is because I want to marry you. And she's like, "Mm, no, I'm going to think about it for about two years and just keep you in 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 stasis until then like fuck off phoebe just say no well she's a free spirit and she doesn't know if she's ready for this kind of commitment i mean what if she wants to go live in new york again (laughs) also also this was legitimately a plot in will and grace where uh grace is having sex with harry connick jr's character and he proposes in the middle of sex and she's all angry because it's not a romantic time to propose marriage i just the line stuck in my head when uh, when a guy proposes to me, I'm supposed to be holding roses, not my own ankles. I mean, I guess Grace and I have very different ideas of what romance is. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know why, but for some reason that line has stuck in my head, even though I haven't watched Will and Grace in a really long time. I, I feel like Phoebe here is just watching too much sex in the city like there's the whole thing in sex in the city where um the one guy proposes to carrie and she hates the ring so much that it makes her vomit (laughs) which is which is i guess i mean maybe i'm reaching here but after long consideration she decides that's a sign that maybe she's not ready to marry the guy Mm. And then there's this whole, God, it's very much like Phoebe. There's this whole thing where she, like, won't put the ring on. She's, like, wearing it on a chain around her neck. And she's like, yeah, this way it's closer to my heart. And it's like, bitch, if you don't want to marry the guy, don't marry the guy. Like, there's a lot of societal pressure on women. I don't want to be, like, whatever, but. Say yes or don't. I mean, although, although, on the other, other hand. These are not actual women. These are these are words being put into these women's mouths by men who are writing them. So, mm. you know. So so Phoebe and Cole are back at the manor and Phoebe's like, okay, so that obviously wasn't the demon we're trying to find because it wasn't like an athame demon or whatever. And, you know, 
the elders probably would have told us if it was some weird slime web thing. And Cole's like, do you want to talk about the fact that I proposed? Okay, no, it's like worse than that, though, because Piper's like, is everything okay? And Phoebe's like, no, not at all. Cole asked me to marry him. Can you believe it? And it's just like, he is right there, Phoebe. Seriously, seriously. If I was Cole, I would be rethinking this, which this decision goes so poorly for Cole. His decision to marry. I know. Like, honestly, honestly, every bad thing that happens to Cole is a result of him falling in love with Phoebe. Yeah. Phoebe's wearing a little Christmas ribbon thing. Fine, I'll be political. (laughs) What? What are you? That's a friend's reference. What are you supporting? Christmas. But yeah, she. Phoebe storms upstairs and Piper falls after her as Cole's just kind of hanging out covered in goo in the foyer. He does shimmer away, I guess. He's. I, I don't know. Okay, okay. So now we cut back to the alley. We see a demon who is Cole-esque in his makeup. He's reverse Cole. He's his. He's got Balthazar's like face pattern, but he's black where Cole is red, and red where Cole is black. Mm. He's black as Cole. Uh, boo. Anyway, yeah, I legitimately thought this was the same actor, but it's not. They fight later. Uh. I guess the makeup does kind of carry it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, we looked it up. It is a different actor, but yeah, you're right. Those that that big demon guys makeup. covered in yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, although you know what, I'm starting to wonder if you might be just a touch face blind. It's entirely possible. I've confused a lot of actors that don't look even vaguely similar. Last week on, on Welcome to the Uncharted Territories, you confused Rowan Woods for Virginia Hay. So. <laughs> Yes. And then also we were- They were also covered in makeup. I thought they were doing a thing with- Okay, but we were watching Reboot? Yeah. And- I did not recognize Paul Reiser. I did not recognize Eliza Koo. In all fairness, she was a brunette. Or Judy Greer. Or Judy Greer, Who yes. was like full Judy Greer. Yeah. It's it's a possibility. And when I was little, I used to- uh, When I was younger, I should say. I used to mix up Elliot Gould and- uh, the guy who played Jack on Just Shoot Me, George Seagal, even though they look basically nothing alike. I, mean, I can kind of see that, though. I mean, I'm going off my memory of them, so. Yeah. And it's not like I was seeing them at the same time. Okay, so. Not Balthazar has stabbed a witch to death in the alley. And then he turns into his human form, goes to a payphone, and I swear to God, this is the weirdest thing. I, I just, okay. This is, this is how he delivers the line. He's like, come quickly. There's been a terrible murder. A beautiful woman has been murdered in the alley behind the Cannon Theater. What is happening? Like. And, 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 like uh, you've met people before. I guess maybe not. Right. So that, You need to come faster. A beautiful woman was murdered. Right, right. It's not one of those like ugly women that get murdered back here all the time. And this guy comes up to him and he's like, hey, can I use that payphone after, you know, you're done? And, and he just energy balls the guy and the guy explodes into ash. And then he says into the phone, hurry, before anyone else gets hurt. That seemed unnecessary, dude. I mean, I guess demon. Yeah. But. So back at the manor, they're still trying to figure out what the demon is who's doing this. And they realize that the demon that attacked them. Phoebe's changed, by the way. Yes, she's no longer covered in green slime. Piper has not, though. Piper's still dressed in a red mock turtleneck with 
khaki pants. Yeah, Phoebe's looking through the book and she's like, "We vanquished a demon, but it's definitely not the demon we were after." And 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 Piper's like, "No, no. What seriously? What happened with you and Cole there?" The demon that they did vanquish, by the way, is like a demon that feeds off of the scraps of other demons, which is why the scrying brought them there. Ah. So. Phoebe talks about how Cole proposed to her, and Piper goes super. Piper, uh, Piper, Piper's like, honey, you can't marry a demon. We can't have a demon in the family. And I'm like, ooh, Piper, not a good look. Piper's also like, it's forbidden. And it's like, um, excuse me, Piper? Excuse me? Also, Phoebe's in a rare self-burn says, for all my powers of premonition, I never saw this coming. Phoebe is literally the worst precog on this show. Phoebe is the worst precog in any room she's in, and that includes rooms that are only humans. So Cole shimmers in, and Piper's like, I'm going to leave you two alone, but Phoebe, seriously think about it. If you marry a demon, we can't join the witch country club. (laughs) And then she walks out of the room like, I know demons are bad and they kill people, and... Charmed never really tries to do a morally complex thing. Like, we have Kira later, and we have Drake, but for the most part, you're kind of morally in the clear no matter what you do to demons because they are evil incarnate or whatever, but it's a weird, bad look. Charmed? Charmed never purposefully makes things morally complex. Charmed sees things in very black and white terms, even as it's presenting us with things that as an audience member, you're like, well, that's obviously not black and white. I'm ready to talk about the avatars. I know that will very quickly go away because the avatars are kind of the most morally complicated thing Charmed ever attempts to do. Which is why the so nonsensical, which is why the avatar plot doesn't really work. Well, it's why they have to throw in, oh, also the avatars kill people so that there's not a moral dilemma. Because I I legitimately like the Avatar plot. I think having an outside magical force that has no investment in in the current morality system that Charmed is playing at, that is like, look, we're here to remove all conflict from the world. Mm-hmm. Like we're 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 just stripping all conflict from the world so that the world will be a peaceful place. And the fact that that requires everyone to be kind of emotionally neutered. That's an interesting concept that they remove, they stop the fight against evil by just removing all evil impulses. And as a corollary, there are no good impulses anymore. People are just at a constant emotional neutral, which is also a bad thing. But they can't do like, oh, is it worth getting rid of conflict if we're also getting rid of both the highs and lows of life? Instead, they're just like, oh, also the avatars kill people. So that's why we have to stop them. Yeah. I mean, you're much better off reading one of the Discworld books that features the Auditors. Mm. Although the Auditors are really more of a cleaner situation, if you're talking about Charmed. uh... Yeah, that's true. Anyway. Oh my god, this episode. Cole and Phoebe are, like, talking about whether or not she's going to say yes to him, and she can't decide. And then they hear a baby crying downstairs, and it turns out that... Paige has brought... A wacky comedy subplot. (laughs) Yup, she picked up one of those... Okay, I always call them baby think-about-its, but when I was Googling, when we were getting ready to do this episode, they're actually called baby think-it-overs. 
baby think it over. It's a little baby, a little plastic doll, a little plastic robot that cries nonstop unless you like... Okay, so this is really weird because you're not like gonna feed a robot. So the way you feed it in quotes is to like put a little key in its back. Yeah, I, I did this in uh, high school. We had it. You put the little key in the back. Oh, you had. Oh, you went to a nice school. You had the expensive robot babies. We carried around an egg. Ah, uh, I did not go to a particularly nice school. I went to a school where they were very worried about us getting pregnant. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I went to a magnet school, so. Eh, but. Oh, this is a fun story about my high school. Uh, there was a bit where this woman from the city came to our school uh-huh. and she was doing an inspection because apparently a bunch of people at downtown thought that our school was a fake thing to get money from the city. Oh like my they, God. That's hilarious. Like they did not think that we were a real high school. Oh my God. <laughs> like that, like that, um, like that movie about the fake school. I think it's called Accepted. Yeah. Yeah. And so... So there were people there who were just, you know, making sure that we were all like, oh, how long have you been at this school? Two, two. Wait, so they also, they also interviewed you because there was a possibility that they had just shipped in children to pretend it was a real school and fool the auditors like some kind of, like some kind of 1980s hijinks movie? Yeah, it was ridiculous. That's hilarious. I love it. I love that story. Thank you for sharing because the thing with the school I went to is that it was a teacher-run school, so we didn't, like, we had an administration, but, like, the whole thing was that there wasn't supposed to be people who were in purely administrative roles. I'm not sure how I feel about that because, well, I, oh, I'm definitely not going to get into it here. I'm just going to say administration, well, often not done well, is a different skill set than teaching. Yeah. That's how it was supposed to be. I feel like the woman who was our principal, like, didn't actually teach any classes. But gotcha. anyway, Paige has brought this practice robot baby for Leo and Piper to practice having a baby on. And if they can keep it safe, then she will unlock Piper's uterus. I mean, Piper said, bring me a practice baby. That was basically a promise to become pregnant and carry a child and then give birth to it after nine months i right okay but we can't skip over the scene before we talk about this really weird thing that happens because mm-hmm. the baby's crying and piper's holding it and piper's like how do i make it stop and then phoebe like comes up behind her and wraps her arms around her and is like you have to rock it and she's like rocking piper back and forth from behind with her arms it's a weird awkward bit of staging and i'm like what is happening if i guess maybe Paige has access to a different kind of robot baby than the one i got in high school with the key uh-huh because this is one where you you know have to rock it rock it and feed it with a little fake bottle and I think it's probably more accurate that the people who wrote this episode didn't actually have one of those babies. Mm. I, I I don't know. Now, it does say that the baby like has a chip that keeps track of how roughly it's handled, and that's true, right? Uh, yeah, there was a uh, I there were floppy neck ones which I didn't get, which would if you weren't supporting the neck properly and it went too far back, you'd get dinged. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not getting that model. That's fucked up. I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah. Also, like... I mean, the point of those is to discourage 
teenagers from having sex so i was just about to say what if like you do a really good job with it that feels like it could backfire Mm. it feels like you could be like yeah this is easy and also i just really enjoy taking care of this baby i'm definitely gonna go get pregnant right now also nobody nobody wants i don't want to say nobody because absolutes whatever but only the Sith deal in absolutes. But, like, nobody wants to get pregnant in high school. So saying, like, getting pregnant is hard is not a good method of keeping people from becoming pregnant. People already don't want to get pregnant. It's just that sex is more fun than the idea of getting pregnant is scary. Like... Hey, didn't you see that Lifetime movie? The Pregnancy Pact? Yeah, which was totally based on a real thing. And was also an episode of Todd in the Book of Pure Evil. If you have, if you, you are listeners, not you, Max, although Max too, if you have any interest in, like, examining the various moral panics that have happened in America and how basically none of them were real, then I recommend the podcast you're wrong about. Hmm. Uh, I thought you were going to recommend just watching a bunch of Lifetime original movies. My favorite one, of course, is His Cyber Seduction, about a woman who's son uh gets addicted to internet porn and then kills himself to pay for his porn addiction so i was interning at a theater in florida Mm -hmm. and i was watching lifetime one saturday as i often do because i was so i i i was then a lifetime original movie junkie i probably would still be if like tv was a thing yeah because I would just turn on Lifetime and just watch everything that came on. And as I'm watching it, I see a woman who I work with at the theater. And it was just a tiny minor role. And I went to the theater that night and I was like, oh my god, I was watching... Mother Ma- While I Sleep with Danger 3. Mother May I Sleep with... No, because th- that's a classic. No, but I-, I was I was watching... Oh my god, my husband is a killer cannibal or whatever and i saw you you were in the movie and she was like oh yeah my husband wrote that one and i was like wait someone writes these they're not just generated by feeding uh panic articles from the new york post into some kind of algorithm i mean that's what i thought okay anyway back to back to charmed we do need to rewatch. We do need to watch the uh, vampire reboot of Mother May I Sleep with Danger. I know it's going to be bad, like the Will Ferrell. Uh, you yeah, know, that weird. And the Rock the Cradle, where it was like, it was like a parody, but it wasn't really committed enough to be a parody. Okay, well, as long as we're on this topic, mm-hmm. I I I love that Mother May I Sleep with Danger is not about vampires, and then Mother May I Sleep with Danger Two is. I appreciate just being like, fuck it. Now there are vampires. Who knew there were vampires except everybody always for all time? I, 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 I'm sorry. We will get back to the episode. It's just there's another podcast. I think it was Movie Fighters where they were talking about how the Fast and the Furious franchise has scaled up so much that they could just be like, oh, yeah, and there's vampires. And you wouldn't question it. You'd be like, okay, fine. Because they've, like, they've been to space. There are characters with legitimate superpowers in those movies now. Yeah, why not? Hobbs and Shaw was about, like, they they fought a dude who could shoot electricity because of some sort of genetic experiment. Like, 
You could just be like, there are vampires now, and people in the Fast and the Furious movie would be like, cool, we're about family or something. I don't watch those movies, but... I was going to bring up my dream project. Mm-hmm. My dream project is to do a Mary Worth movie. <laughs> yes. That is shot as though it's an 80s Lifetime original movie about Mary Worth. Like, or an 80s made-for-TV movie. That's my dream project. I mean, those are always fun. I really want to watch The Love Witch, which came out recentishly, but it's shot like it's a 60s rom dramedy. Oh, yeah. Is it, and it's supposed to be like, I married a witch? Yeah. Nice. Like, like, it's one of those style movies, and it's shot in that style, but it came out a couple years ago, and I'm like, oh, I really want to watch that. Oh my god, Charmed. I wish I knew someone at King Features who could help me get the rights to Mary Worth. Oh, if only we knew someone at King's Features. I mean, that's not fair of me to say, because if I was serious about this project, I, I she has told me she absolutely would help me, so, like, <laughs> it's not fair of me to say that. It's just I'm not actually, like... Yeah, it's, it would be I'm a lot actually, of commitment. Well, it's not. I'm not actually equipped to do it. Like, who would I even... Okay, anyway. Cole shows up and is like, hey, there's been another murder, we should go... But I can't go because the DA's office is there and they'll recognize me. And I do appreciate that Paige is like, wait, you were a demon and a lawyer? Insert joke here. I appreciate that she was like, you know what, it's not worth it. I, I like that she, like, I know we, we, we make joke dialogue all the time, but she literally <laughs> says insert joke here. Which, yeah, yeah. What is this? Angel constantly? You know, the first few seasons of Angel when they were, I mean, they deal with Wolfram and Hart throughout the whole run, but they, the whole like, whoa, you know, lawyers are basically demons. Who's the real bloodsucker here? Eh, 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 eh. As a, as a JD, I feel like I should be insulted by this, but. eh. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really basic joke. It's like a really basic joke. Everyone hits lawyers till they need one. Just throwing that out there. Also, shocking no one, there are a lot of predatory industries. Like, people people talk about lawyers like they're the super predatory thing, but welcome to basically every job. Okay, I'm going to put on my conspiracy hat right now. Okay. Is it possible that the reason we make so many lawyers are bloodsuckers, lawyers are evil, whatever jokes, is it possible that this is corporations trying to encourage people who might do well to lawyer up against corporations from doing so? Because they're like, oh, a well, lawyer's just going to charge me a lot of money and screw me over because you know lawyers, ha ha ha, when in fact, like, maybe you need a lawyer? Well, it's like how McDonald's, like paid all of those people to make jokes about that woman who got third degree burns and needed all of the skin and her inner thighs replaced so that she didn't die. Her labia fused together. Her labia fused together and people were like, oh, you spill a you spill a cup of coffee on your lap and you sue McDonald's for a million dollars. People were making so many jokes and of course McDonald's was paying for a lot of there that. There is, there is no, I, you know, I'm gener I generally think that people now know about the hot coffee thing. If, if you don't, look into it. But I, I think people generally now know that that was orchestrated, yeah. but... Just thinking about it, has anyone ever lost a lawsuit and come out such a winner as McDonald's did in that suit? Yeah. Yep. Because, like, the reason that the lawsuit happened was because they kept they kept the coffee so hot so that they, like, it, it was it was legitimately, what, they, negligence on their, like. It was, it was more than negligence. They were keeping it, they were keeping it too hot so that they could serve it past the time it was supposed to be served and people wouldn't notice. Like, that's fucked up. 
They were literally, they were literally making their product unusable so that they could sell unusable things. Like, I, 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 I oof. Your skin should not melt if you accidentally spill coffee on yourself. That is the fault of the- Hot bl- take! No pun intended. <laughs> Between that and also the kind of thing on cop procedural shows where the cops are like, oh, the guilty people always lawyer up. I feel like this whole anti-lawyer thing is definitely about getting people who don't need lawyers to not call lawyers. Mm. People uh, who do need lawyers. Yes, people who do need lawyers to not call lawyers. And, okay, so just, okay, conspiracy over, don't be afraid to call a lawyer. That's what I'm saying. Lawyers, I don't want to say are your friends. They're a very necessary tool Lawyers aren't your friends any more than doctors are your friends, but you're not yeah. going to break an arm and be like, oh, those doctors just taking advantage of me because I broke my arm. I know, I know, I know. You're looking at me like this. Yes, I know people do think that. Uh, there was a, uh, God, there was one of the Reddit advice things I listened to. This person was telling the story about working as a receptionist in like a, a doctor's office or whatever. And there was this woman, this woman refused to have then perform surgery on her son to remove something because because she's like oh no they just want money out of you i'll just and the dude ended up in a wheelchair like because like i forget it was like a tumor or was like some something with his spine mm-hmm. and like they he ended up back he got the surgery a few months later but by that time it had like degenerated too much yeah okay moral call a doctor if you're sick Call a lawyer if you are being screwed over by someone. Moral, moral of this story. And and if the cops want to talk to you, call a lawyer. Do not talk to the cops. If you take anything away from this podcast, do not talk to the cops without a lawyer. They are not your friends. So, Phoebe, back in Charmed. Back in Charmed. Phoebe's talking to the cops. But it's okay because it's Daryl. Yeah. The sisters have gone to the crime scene and Daryl's like, yeah, a woman was stabbed with a, you know, weird knife. So, we, you know, we assumed. And, you know, if there's a body and Phoebe notices the scorch marks on the ground and she's like, I bet there's more than one body. So Daryl pulls out the necklace the woman was wearing and it is obviously a witch necklace. It's like the three moons, the three crescent moons. And Paige is like, "Ooh, I recognize this from the book of mystical symbols. And it's like, really, Paige? Good job. You want a sticker? But whatever. Daryl points them towards one of the women who was friends with the victim, and damn, they want her to look like Willow. Yeah, this is a real Willow aesthetic, although this might speak more to me, but it kind of, her look really, really reminds me of a look that Felicia Day has as one of the potentials in the last season. Oh, yeah, it totally is. But yeah, she's wearing like a long knit sweater and like a felted bucket hat. It's it's so Willow season like two and three. Yeah. So Phoebe comes up to her and she's like, I like your necklace. And the yes, woman... it's the code. If you're wearing a pentacle or a triquatra or a pride symbol and someone comes up and they're like, I like your necklace. It's like, honestly, it's one of my favorite things is when I'm wearing like my bisexual flag necklace and someone's like, I like your necklace. And mm-hmm. I'm like, thank you. So Phoebe's like, you were part of the same coven, right? And the woman's like, who are you? And Phoebe's like, I'm one of the charmed ones. Like she's stage whispering, which just talk at that point. 
feel like I'm one of the charmed ones. I mean, I know there are cops everywhere, but they're not going to pay attention to you. Whatever. She reaches out for the necklace, and then she has a premonition that the demon is hunting this woman, and it's like, good job, Phoebe! You know that the demon is trying to kill everyone in this coven. You touched her coven necklace, and now you know that the demon's trying to kill her. Let's get Phoebe a sticker! So they ask her what the demon looked like, and she's like, well, it looked like Balthazar, but not Balthazar. Like, maybe they were part of the same family of demons, or... You know, maybe maybe he was in that order of demons that Cole was in, although clearly not because, you know, those guys all went out like chumps. <laughs> Why was Cole even a member of that club? Like, his... He, 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 killed he his like, bo- really outgrew them. I feel like they were, like, childhood friends or something. Like, his boss. He killed his boss by stabbing him with a regular-ass knife. So, the ADA, who is the guy that we saw killed the girl already... So he's the demon. He's aggressively biting Cole Stelio. And that is the concept behind this character. We haven't talked about he's him He's a Cole fanboy. Yeah, he is a Cole fanboy who is disappointed that Cole went soft. So now he's become the new Cole in order to take out Cole. He's Kylo Ren. Yes, he's Kylo Ren. He's a more bitter towards Vader Kylo Ren. So he comes up and he's like, hey, why are you talking to the witness? And then Daryl's like, oh, hey, ladies, move along. And they... I feel like you can't do that at this point in your career. The the Hallowells have been involved in too much stuff. You can't be like, move along, women I don't know. Yeah, right? But the woman, the, the witch who Phoebe had the premonition about, she takes them to the place that Phoebe saw in her premonition where the demon's going to attack her. And they make a plan that... It's lucky that she's wearing such a distinctive outfit, right? Right. And, and a distinctive outfit that covers so much of her face and body. Because this is the plan. Phoebe is going to put on the sweater and the hat, and she's going to be bait while the other two sisters vanquish the demon, which, remember, needs the special potion to be vanquished. That's how they did it with Cole. So, first... Phoebe's going to be the bait to bring him out so that they can cut off a piece of his skin, because you'll remember that the potion needs a piece of the demon's skin. Then they'll go make the vanquishing potion, then they'll come back and vanquish him. So Seems like a lot of steps. Yeah, but fine, whatever. Uh, I feel like giving Paige the cutting the flesh off of him part of the plan. Like, I get it, Piper's going to freeze him so that Paige can be the flesh cutting, but... Maybe give Piper the knife and have her do both. I know Paige has to learn on the job or whatever, but you don't want this woman to die, right? Yeah, and that's like a high-risk thing to, like, not a high-risk, but it's like I got a high-squick factor. Yeah. So Leo orbs in to take, the witch's name is Susan. Leo orbs in to take Susan to safety, and he's got the robot baby in a baby Bjorn on his back. He's like, see, it's easy. It's so easy to handle this. And then he orbs away, and Paige is like, See, it can work out, and Piper's like, oh my god, shut up, Paige. I'm so pissed at you for making me do this. Okay, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Why does this work with Phoebe? Like, what is the... How is the demon sensing the witches? I guess maybe he's just sensing magical energy. But then but how does he not know it's the stronger? charmed one? Yeah, yeah if he's just... Because he's not... Remember, he's not just killing witches. He's killing witches from this coven. So how does he know, or why is he fooled by her wearing this jacket? And perhaps it's the necklace that fooled him, but if that's the case, why don't all the witches in the coven just take off their necklaces? 
Maybe it's like those protective amulets from the... <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, we have to protect these protective amulets by not wearing them, even though they make the person who wears them invulnerable. Anyway, the not-Balthazar shows up. Piper freezes him. Paige gets all freaked out about cutting off a piece of his flesh. And then a woman shows up and, like, throws a knife at him and is like, Hey, I was gonna kill him! You totally miss- made me miss my shot! And it's like, woman, we all we all saw you fuck this up. You threw a knife at him. Like, a knife. That was your plan. I'm gonna throw a knife at him. But now there's now there's another woman in the mix. And uh, I, I feel like I feel like this is a little too many characters itis. You're right. I mean, it's not terrible, it's not the worst thing, but I feel like this woman and the bucket hat witch could have been rolled into one character. They absolutely could have. The Yes, they absolutely could have. Alright, so this woman's deal Oh, wait, no, no, they couldn't have. They could not have been rolled into one because of the mix-up. Hmm, okay. Well, I mean, that could have been, like, she joined the coven as a thing to find the guy who killed her fiancé, and now he's oh. killing the coven. Okay, yeah, okay, I guess she could have. I mean, and that's the deal. This this woman, her husband was a witch. Compuls- uh, I'm sorry, fiancé. Oh, her fiancé. Yeah, but uh, compulsory heterosexuality is coming for you. She's like, he was a very rare male witch. Don't worry, I'm not a lesbian. Yeah, which, unnecessary detail. I mean, it's Just weird Just let her lover have been a woman. Jesus Christ. It's weird that we're arguing for, because then it would have just fallen into the kill your lesbians trope. As is, unless you count the pyro Connecticut who's not gay until the comics... Like, they bring him back for the comics, and he's gay in that. It's just annoying that it feels like they went to great lengths to make her straight. Yes, and she's always talking about how male and masculine and dudely her husband, what fiancé was before. But if you don't count the pyrokinetic kid, the first canonically gay character in Charmed is a witch who gets killed in the Pirates of the Caribbean episode. God. And although I do like there's a thing in in that about, you know, the they they visit the woman's girlfriend and uh they ask her why she didn't report her uh her girlfriend is missing and she's like because we're a gay couple and the cops wouldn't look for her. Speaking of you're wrong about, that's a thing with the Kitty Genovese case. Listen to the Kitty Genovese episode of You're Wrong About. Alright. So so this woman was uh, engaged to a male witch, a man witch, Gerald, the man witch who lives by the river. A man witch! <laughs> but uh, he was killed by a demon, the same demon that has been hunting this coven. Yep. So she's been following the coven. She's not a witch, but she's learned some witch skills. Why not just make her a witch? But I don't we, know. We, we talked about that earlier, but she's like, they ask her if she's a witch too, and she's like, I'm not, but you know, since I started hunting the demon i've learned a few tricks and you know i i want revenge revenge i'm going to you know i know that when this demon kills a witch he goes after the whole coven so i've been following the coven and oh okay she says that because Paige is like 
pretty big coincidence that you were there just when he appeared. It's like, no, it's not a coincidence, Paige. She's tracking the demon. Yeah, it's a real coincidence that she found the guy she's hunting for. Just because she's better at tracking demons than you, the charmed ones, doesn't mean that, uh, that she's, that this is some sort of conspiracy. She just is skilled. And speaking of being skilled, the Charmed Ones are like, if you really want revenge, you should just back off and let us kill this guy. It's really great because she's like, you need to let me kill him. It's my fight. This is my vengeance. And Cole tells her, Cole walks into the room and he's like, if you insist on trying to take this demon down by yourself, you are going to die. This is not a fight you are going to win. If you keep this going, you are going to die. And Phoebe's like, Cole. But yeah, yeah. Like, just let us handle it. We're the most powerful witches ever. Like, don't worry. We will kill the demon that killed your fiancé. The demon who killed your fiancé will be killed by us. Don't worry about it. (laughs) So they're going to make the vanquishing potion. This woman is going to scry for the demon. Piper's going to go deal with the robot baby. Poor Piper. (laughs) She really does not want to be in this comedy subplot. Then we cut to the DA in the DA's office. And he, he does the he does the coal trick where he's talking to his shadow and he mentions that this is the same. He's like, I know you used to work for Balthazar, but now you work for me. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat because they did establish that the shadow is its own separate entity. So, yeah, I I kind of I kind of like this part. I, I like that this demon is like just wants to be coal so bad. He's literally doing this. He 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 got the job at the DA because, you know. Belthazar is right, it's the perfect cover. Which, yeah. This is like single white demon. So. Leo has the witch at a safe house. It's uh, Paige's old apartment because she still has the, the rent for another month. Mm. And the demon DA calls her and he's like, Hi, are you the woman who survived the murder attempt? I mean, the witness who was witnessing the murder attempt? I need you to come alone to my office with no protection whatsoever and, uh, like, bring bring your torso and your most stabbable bits to my office and don't bring anyone with you, okay? Okay, I need you to come alone to my office where you'll be alone with me, the DA, who you can trust. And Leo's like, I'm going to come with you. <laughs> Speaking like, of people who you can trust, back at the manor, the woman, the, the vengeance woman is scrying for the demon and she's like, okay, okay. So just anyone can scry. Why didn't you just make her a witch? Well, she's scrying for the demon, and she's like, he's right here in this house. Yeah, she's specifically scrying for the demon who killed her fiance. This is so. It, everybody's so painfully oblivious to what's happening here. I mean, I mean, we haven't said it out loud what's happening, although we've we've more than hinted at it. But our listeners know, even the ones who didn't watch this episode, they know what's up. And Cole's being real squirrely about this. Now, to be fair to Cole, I really, he, he says, and I believe him, that uh, he didn't realize that he was the demon who killed that that coven at this point. I mean, he's probably just nervous being around other witches, given what happened last time he was around other witches. Like, he's probably just nervous about being around witches who are like, let's kill all demons! So, I, I do kind of love this because... Phoebe's like, so do you think it's invisible? If it's in the house, is it invisible? Is it the furniture again? They're like, they're scouring the house looking for the demon. And Cole's like, there's no sign of a demon anywhere. So at the DA's office, 
uh, the DA is about to stab the witch lady. And Susan. Then, Susan. And then Leo orbs in mid-elbow drop and just elbow drops the guy. It's great. Leo's on a real action kick in this run of episodes. Yeah, Le- like pre-dad Leo. He's like, he's getting it in. I mean, he, he gets his shot post-dad Leo, but he's got lightning powers then, so it's easier. Yeah. But yeah, he elbow drops not Balthazar and then just orbs the witch back to the manor. Mm-hmm. And the 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 demon DA, whose name is Sykes, by the way. Sykes follows them. Sykes! Exactly! No, exactly! You thought it was cool. Psych! Uh. Anyway, he comes back to the manor. They start fighting. Paige manages to scrape a bit of his skin off with the athame. He throws a bolt and destroys the robot baby. And uh, Cole turns into Balthazar. The two of them have, like, a demon fight. And the woman, the vengeance woman, is like, um... Okay, so you're the demon who killed my fiance, and everyone's like, oh, "Well, this is awkward." Yeah, Emma is the woman. We should probably say her name. Emma is the fiance woman. I do like Cole and the Cole and Sykes throw energy balls at each other, and when they hit, the whole house kind of shakes. Yeah, demon fights are. Uh... Yeah, the, the demon fight's pretty legit. They're they're serious. It's it's serious business. Not that wacky shenanigans of the guy with, like, the slime tentacle that we saw at the beginning of this episode. God, this must be a real mixed bag for Sykes, right? I mean, I guess if you're impersonating someone the way he is, the end goal is to kill the person so you can step into their shoes. Oh, he definitely wants to, though, because he thinks that he's better than Cole. Like, he he wants to be Cole, but he wants to be his... He wants to be his idealized version of what Cole is. So... Killing Cole and becoming Cole is 100% the, the goal. It's a weird version of the I don't know if I want to be you or date you. I don't know if I want to kill you and take over your life or fuck you. Oh no, I was just the going with the... bisexual dilemma. I just was going with the I don't know if I want to be you or kill you. Oh. Not, I don't think that he's into Cole. Although maybe he is. Maybe this is just how demon courtship works. I just naturally went to the bisexual dilemma. The I don't know if I want to be or be with you. So we come back from the commercial break and Piper's... Like, she's literally holding Emma back from just trying to stab Cole. And And then (laughs) Emma manages to get a hold of the athame and throws it at Cole. It's like, that didn't work with Sykes, who's like a tenth of the demon Cole is. You think that's going to work with Cole? She throws the knife at Cole's face and Cole just catches it and he's like, so, and Emma just storms out of the house. Okay, so this isn't an extra, so the VIP extra is not in play here, but in the background of that scene when she throws the knife, Paige is sitting on the the bench that's against the stairs, like, with her chin on her hand, just like, ugh, I knew it. I knew that... My sister fucking a demon was going to come back around and bite us in the ass. There's this great bit in the um, recent Marauders run, the the X-Men book. Yes. Where uh, Storm is meeting Kalisto with the rest of the, uh, with the rest of the Marauders. Mm-hmm. And Kalisto, like, whips a knife at her and Storm catches it and she's like, hi. And Kalisto's like, hi. And Pyro's like... Jesus Christ, you say hi by whipping knives at each other? It's no wonder the Brotherhood can never kill the X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. I mean, Storm did stab her in the heart, so. so it's, Only it's, fair. It's fair that she introduced, she's like, hey, knife! Yeah, exactly! Um, This is kind of a 
spoiler for the podcast I swear we are eventually going to do the special about Brave, mm. Rose McGowan's book. Yes. It's coming at some point. But the her first job was as an extra and she basically became a featured extra because her face acting and her look was so great that the director loved it. So he like stuck her in the background of every single scene. And I feel like you can see that in this scene. You can be like, yeah, that's why Rose McGowan became a featured extra and then eventually got cast in other roles and, you know, etc. We'll get into that when we talk about the, but, uh, I do like how she's like, so did you kill that woman's fiance? And Cole's like, probably i killed a lot of witches yep it's for me it was a tuesday and he's like but also this this knife that she threw at me it is my knife so all signs point to yes it was me so cole goes upstairs and phoebe follows him and cole's like are you scared of me and phoebe's like no don't be ridiculous of course i'm not scared of you and cole's like because I think she's right. I think I did probably kill her fiancé. Phoebe's like, yeah, but I'm a charmed one. I've already, like, tamed you with my sex appeal. And if you get out of hand, I'll just send you to super hell. Yeah, Cole goes off on, he has a speech about how, like, he doesn't even remember Emma's fiancé. He killed so many witches and he didn't think of them as people. It was just the job. It was just what he did. And... Phoebe's like, yeah, but that was your demon half, who's a completely different person than Cole, the human person you are now. Also, that was weeks ago. It was, yeah, yeah, that was literally weeks ago. And Cole's like, Balthazar still exists inside of me because we're the same person. And and in fact, Cole became Balthazar during the demon fight to fight, to fight this demon. And he's worried that he's not going to be able to like, push the demon back in if he becomes a demon again and he tells phoebe he says do you have any of the potion left heavily implied to be the vanquishing potion but he does not say that Mm. phoebe says yes and he says he wants her to carry it around in case something happens and he needs to be vanquished yeah because cole's like look if the vanquishing potion that you and your sisters are making to kill Sykes does not work, which there's a precedent for this sort of thing. The the original potion they made to kill Balthazar did not end up working on it. I him. mean, look, he's standing right here. Yeah. He's like, if that doesn't work, I'm going to have to go full Balthazar to kill him. And there might not be coming, like, I might not come back from that. This, okay, this is weird because this is kind of a better version of the Cold two-parter from last season. Uh-huh. That should have been one-parter? Yeah. Like, this is a better version of that, and even then it's not really that good. It's not bad. It's not a bad episode. We're talking about a lot of different stuff. Well, look, here's the thing with this episode. I think a lot of the... The whole Cole part of the plot works really well. There's just so much extra crap in here. I, um... (laughs) Yeah. I was just thinking the vanquishing potion might not work on the demon, and... I mean, what are they going to do if the vanquishing potion doesn't work? Because Piper's already married, so Paige is going to have to fall in love with that demon and seduce him and send him to super hell, and Paige is already anti-demon, so that's not going to work out. Mm. Paige never really does much in the way of demon dating in this show. I mean, her boyfriend was possessed by the source in that one episode, but even Piper's racked up a few more demons on her uh, body count. Yes. 
So Piper and Paige are preparing the vanquishing potion, and there's a little explosion that knocks Paige over, which is funny because that's what happened to Piper when she was first doing the vanquishing potion, and she's like, oh, we're bonding as sisters. Yeah, Piper's like, yeah, that happened to me last time. No substitute for experience, wah, wah, wah. What's funny is, like, Piper's playing it off as, this is a wacky sister moment. She's, like, smiling at Paige. And Rose McGowan is like, fuck you, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, she, Rose McGowan is not going along with the lighthearted tone that was clearly intended for this moment. And I kind of love her for that. Yeah. But, well, she, and it works because Cole comes into the kitchen and, and Paige's like, so, you kill Phoebe? And Cole's like, no and Paige is like seriously are, are we just all cool with the fact that 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 cole murders people like and, and piper's like he used to murder people last week now he doesn't it's fine it's kind of strange that they pivoted away from prue being the one who had issues with cole to piper being the one who had issues with cole in like the last couple episodes of season uh three and then they just dropped it so that Paige can be the one who has issues with cole i think it's because four. they want us the audience to not have issues with it and so it has to be the most naive person who doesn't have issues with it now in order for us to be okay with it i also i i think they should have just kept shannon doherty being the they, they, they should they should have kept prue being the one who was suspicious of cole up until she died so that Paige could have just picked that up directly from her instead of having this weird little moment where Piper was the one who wasn't okay with the relationship. I mean, that would have been okay, but it would have involved them having a plan, which I don't think is true. I mean, the writers, yeah. not the sisters, so, who also have a terrible plan. So Leo walks into the room with the blown up doll and, uh, and Piper's like, oh, sorry, honey. looks like we can't have a baby. Pat, pat on the cheek. Okay. It's actually kind of a sweet moment because she's like, you know what? I wanted to be wrong, but I'm not. I'm right. You're wrong. Okay. Off to the mausoleum, which is where we assume Sykes will be. Because he's just copying all of Cole's stuff. So, you know. By the way, they're going to the mausoleum to look for Sykes. They have the vanquishing potion now. They sent Phoebe after Emma. That's like the worst person to send after Emma. WTF, sisters? Whatever. Whatever. Phoebe's all like, he can change. You don't understand. I changed him. And Emma's like... Not buying it. Whatever. She's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, he changed. I guess that makes my fiancé not dead anymore, huh? Like... She's also like, um, has anyone that you've loved been killed by demons? And Phoebe's like, of course. And Emma's like, and did you vanquish them? And Phoebe's like, of course. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Yeah. I, I love how Phoebe's like, well, technically. And, and Emma's like, not technically, actually. Actually, vengeance is awesome. Okay, so I'm going to talk about Angel, which I know is something we hardly ever do. Mm-hmm. But Phoebe's argument here is that Cole is doing so much good right now that he should be excused from what he did before. And there's one bit in Angel that just really, really stuck with me. And actually, it might not have been Angel. It might have been Buffy. But um, in an Angel flashback where 
Doyle tells him that the problem is... Well, if it was Doyle and not Whistler, I don't remember if it was Doyle or Whistler. Whichever guy tells him that the problem is he's going out there and he's saving lives. And he's going to keep saving lives and saving lives. And eventually he's going to think that, you know, the red has been wiped from his ledger. He's going to think, okay, I'm in the black now. I can kill one person. And it's okay. And that's what this is really reminding me of. The way Phoebe's like, well, now he's doing good. So we can balance that against the bad he did. And it's like, that's not the way it works. If Cole is to be redeemed, he needs to do the redemptive work. He needs to do the, like, the the work of making up for what he did. And I'm not saying he should be killed, but he can't just be like, I was bad last week. Oopsies. Now I'm good. Like, that's not the way redemption arcs should function okay there is actually an episode of angel like a a full episode of angel where they start like organizing all of the good that angel's doing like they've got they buy all these blackboards they start marking off like hot spots for evil Mm -hmm. and by the end of the episode they realize that the quest for redemption can't work like that like no matter how much good you do it never undoes the bad things you've done those exist as completely separate things mm-hmm. and yeah I, I feel like uh well yeah i mean because it, you can't just say i killed this person in this alley but i saved this person from being killed the next day so i'm morally neutral yeah no you have to you have to in some way account for the person you killed like that's just that's just the way it works that's why everyone is right to be mad at Regina in Once Upon a Time, no matter how much we love her, and the amount we love her is immeasurable. But she's not real, so it's okay. It's okay for us to love her. But Phoebe's just like, so Emma, like... Get over it! She literally says you need to get over it. She says you need to let it go. Yes, I'm sorry, yes. She says you need to let it go. She's like, Cole and Balthazar are different people. Cole is the human, Balthazar is the demon, and just because Cole can become Balthazar sometimes does not- Bullshit! I'm sorry, let me clear my throat. Bullshit! Yes, it is a huge amount of bullshit. But she she tells Emma, you need to get over it. They're two different people, Look, get over if it. if Cole and Balthazar were two different people, then he wouldn't have fallen in love with Phoebe. Just throwing that out there. Alright, Cole goes to the mausoleum with everyone else to find this demon- and Sykes is not there, and Cole's like, oh, you know what I actually would have done? I would have known that you were going to go to the mausoleum, because I know that you know that I know that you know. And then I would have made it a trap, and, oops, it's a trap. Yeah, because Balthazar was always setting traps. That was a thing Balthazar was known for. Yeah, sure. Because, you know... I mean, I, I do I do appreciate the nonsensicalness of what I would have done is gone to the mausoleum, but also I would have known that I would have known that what I would have done is gone to the mausoleum. Therefore, I would know that you would know that I was going to go to the mausoleum, and I would know that you were coming to the mausoleum, and I would have prepared for it. I kind of appreciate that little, like, mind twister there. And then he's like, wait a second, I was assuming that he was after you, the Charmed Ones, but he's after me. And the best way to get to me is through Phoebe, who's one of the Charmed Ones. So his his plan kind of relied on us splitting up in a way that left Phoebe by herself. His plan involved... His plan 
required them to split up and send the worst possible person chasing after Emma. Which, okay, wait now, I'm doing a little mind twister. His plan required the Charmed Ones to make the worst possible decision in the moment. So, okay, all right. Fair. I talked myself around. It's okay. And then we see in the manner that, yes, he grabs Phoebe and he's got Phoebe. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, Phoebe is what made Cole weak, so if he kills Phoebe, then Cole will be awesome again. And you know what? I feel like, I feel like we have now justified the very long digression we had at the beginning talking about assholes who are mad at black mermaids. There we go. Because it's, I mean, that's essentially what this guy is, right? He's a Cole fanboy who's like, but but once you make Cole fall in love with a human, well, she's not a human, she's a witch, whatever. Making Cole fall in love is like ruining his character. You're destroying my childhood. Why don't you respect the source material? The source. The source source material. material. (laughs) He's literal source material. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my god. This is a perfect podcast. (laughs) Don't cut anything. Not even the parts where we clear our throats. So, back at the manor, uh, Paige, Cole, and Piper have arrived to see that Phoebe is not here. She's she's in the attic being being threatened at Athame Point by Sykes. Here's the thing. Okay. Okay. In actual witchcraft... And athame is used to direct energies, but mm. it's not used to draw blood. Like, an athame isn't... And I know these are demons and they're, like, perverting things, so I have no problem with the fact that demons are using athames to kill people, in theory. But, because it's used to kind of direct energy, they're very small. And it looks ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's menacing Phoebe with a teeny tiny knife. That like... Is... <laughs> it gets mentioned in, um... I think the Apocalypse episode where they talk about how uh, demons use witches' tools to pervert the craft. Sure, sure. But it's like, it's like that that one line from the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Oh no, it's my one weakness. Teeny tiny knives. People, people smack talk the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, but he actually quipped in them. Yes. Yeah. So, Cole goes up to the attic and he sees... uh, because Sykes has been giving Phoebe this long speech about how she ruined Balthazar. And Cole shows up and he's like, what you doing there, buddy? And Sykes is like, I, I'm I'm fixing you. I can kill you and then you can be my, my evil mentor and we can be buddies. We can be murder buddies. And Cole's like, he, he says, he says I, I learned from you. You were my mentor. And Cole's like, I don't know who you are. And he's like, but I studied you. I kind of like that they had a parasocial relationship. Yeah, this, this is this is a parasocial. This is that Aubrey Plaza movie. Yeah, except Ingrid Goes West actually did, like, Aubrey Plaza's character actually did begin to have a relationship with Ingrid. Here, it's like nothing. So. Okay, okay. Not to go on another diversion. We're so close to the end. But. I saw this thing talking about how weird the villain main character dynamic is in the Don Bluth animated Anastasia movie. Go on. Because the person points out, okay, so we are aware of Rasputin using evil magic to work against Anastasia for the whole movie. She has no idea that this evil sorcerer guy exists until the last five minutes of the movie where he shows up and starts throwing magic at her. She didn't even know magic existed for the vast majority of the movie. Well, 
that makes sense that that's so weird because it always really bothered me about the Anastasia movie that the very complex political and social pressures that were put on Russia at the time that resulted in the murder of the Tsar and his family were reduced to Rasputin sent out bad rays of discontent to make everybody unhappy. Like that, and I, I know it's a children's cartoon, but maybe don't do children's cartoons about real people who were really murdered, like, within a lifetime. Like, I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, it's also not great when you do, like, the Pocahontas movie is really, really messed up. Like, that was an actual woman who was forced to marry a white dude and then died of syphilis thousands of miles away from... I actually think the sequel is even worse because the direct-to-DVD sequel actually has her falling in love with the man who actually did kidnap her to England and force her to marry him. And she's, like, in love with and married to him in England. Like, I, I'm not saying Pocahontas is not bad, it is, but I feel like the direct-to-DVD sequel is even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's... Let's just, let's just make a ground, let's just make a blanket rule... That we not make... Children's animated musicals about historical figures? Well, historical figures, okay, but let's put a... Let's not make a light-hearted... You know what? No, maybe his... Oh. See, now I'm like... Spokonis isn't a light-hearted movie, but it's also really, really not representative of what happened. Ooh, let's say historical atrocities. Mm. There we go. Let's not make light-hearted children's fair about historical atrocities, of which there are many. I just, I think about Parks and Rec, like, with a map. The, the, the little, it's got, like, a map with, like, three blue dots on it. And she's like, this is the map of the atrocities that the settlers committed against the indigenous population. And then she's like, the blue, the blue spots are spots where atrocities didn't happen. <laughs> and. Well, they they have all those super horrifying murals at City Hall of all of the horrible things that the founding of uh, the people who founded Pawnee did to the indigenous people of that area. Yeah, and she's like, we need better murals or better, less horrifying history. It and, and while we're on and, and while we're while we're throwing out what I mean, points for not trying to do historical revisionism, I guess, with the murals. Yeah, I I feel like the stuff that they did oh, points to the people of Pawnee, except that the murals are kind of celebratory, so Yeah. Yeah. While we're out here, by the way, let's not make comedic television shows about real people who were murdered. And I'm looking at you, there's something about Pam. Or the thing about Pam. Yeah, I'm looking at you, the thing about Pam. Which is this, like, comedic little lighthearted comedy about an actual woman who was actually murdered. And her, like, and not even, like, hundreds of years ago. Like, ten years ago. Her husband went to prison. And even though it was Pam who did it. And then, like, it's this, like, kind of jokey, like, comedic crime sitcom about Pam getting away with the murder. And it's like, that happened! That woman's daughter and and is, like, making TikToks about how horrifying it is to have to see that. Well, I saw a thing about the new Jeffrey Dahmer movie where the people, like... His the relatives of his victims are talking about how horrible it is that they're making this spectacle thing about it and how hard it is to have like 
this trauma that's in the public eye and is constantly being regurgitated to them. Like, yeah, let's like stop re-traumatizing people like that. You can just make up murders. Speaking of making up murders, Charmed. Charmed, yes. Okay, so Balthazar is going to fight this demon and Cole transforms into Balthazar by like doing this scream where he like opens his mouth really wide. He's like, roar! And then like it CGI like merges into being the Balthazar demon. And I'm like, that looks really bad, but I guess that was the best way they could. But then no, the other guy transforms into a demon and his transformation looks much better because he doesn't do it on like a weird open mouthed roar. Yeah. So it's demon versus demon. Oh, and by the way, before he transforms, he asks Phoebe, you know, that thing we talked about, do you have it? And Phoebe's like, yeah, whatever. But her purse is downstairs and we see Emma find her purse and find the potion. Is it a vanquishing potion? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Balthazar kills Sykes. The charmed ones literally didn't have to do anything. Yeah. He just stabs him and he burns into fiery death flames and then... Balthazar starts approaching them with a knife and Phoebe like presses her sisters behind her and she's like, you can do it. You can come back from this for me. And Paige is like, vanquish him, vanquish him, vanquish him, vanquish him. <laughs> and, and Piper's like, I got the potion, Phoebe. Are you sure that you've got true love with this guy or what? Although the potion she has is to vanquish Sykes. I don't think it would work for Balthazar. Eh, I mean, they're, they're like, they're, they're basically the same, right? And then... <laughs> Emma runs into the room with the with the potion from Phoebe's purse and she's like vengeance time motherfucker and she hits she hits Cole with the uh okay twist it was not the vanquishing potion it was the potion Phoebe made a few episodes ago to remove Cole's demonic part so now Cole is 100% human and Balthazar is gone. I do want to point out that the potion also sets Cole on fire to burn out his demon part. So it looks like a regular vanquish at first. Yeah. And I love how Paige is like, what What happened? Why, why did a regular human guy fall out of the fire? I, you know what? I like this twist. I, I, I we telegraphed it because we've seen the episode and we assume that y- y'all are caught up with what's going on, but... I like this twist. I don't know how much I like Phoebe being like, okay, Emma, you got your revenge. Balthazar's dead. There's nothing you need to do now. Back away from my boyfriend. But I like the twist. Yeah, because Emma's like, okay, so he's human now, so I can just stab him with this knife. And Phoebe's like, no, no. Balthazar was the one who killed your fiance, and by destroying, by depowering coal, you have essentially killed Balthazar. So if you think about it, you, you really got your vengeance. And Emma looks so tired, and she's like, you know what, whatever. So, we're wrapping things up at P3. Uh, Leo's all sad because, boo-hoo, I guess we can't have a baby. He brings up the fact that Piper's the one who, he's like, you were the one who brought up the baby thing. I know I got all into it, but it feels like you should be more sad about the fact that I guess we can't have kids. Okay, but that's not the real bullshit in this episode. The re- or in this moment, the real bullshit is that Paige is making the paper the baby that got blown up yeah they didn't they didn't want that page you were the one who brought the baby you were the one who was all like oh i'm gonna prove to you that the baby won't get blown up that it got blown up and you're making them pay for the robot baby yeah they in no way asked for you to bring the robot baby into their lives well i mean not in no way they did sarcastically say it (laughs) piper did say when you when you go to the baby store go ahead and pick me up a practice baby so but that was clearly sarcasm yeah but 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 piper she she comforts Leo by saying, hey, Leo, it's okay. We can totally have a baby. As soon as we eradicate all evil, 
then we can totally have a baby. That's like that thing in Wonder Woman. The, uh, I'll marry you, Steve, when, uh, when all prejudice has been banished from the hearts of man or whatever. When, uh... When the world of men is free of evil? Yeah, when the when the world of men knows peace, then I will marry you. And it's like, okay. Oh. Say, just saying no the long way around. So then we get a second wrap-up scene at the manor. Yeah, Phoebe's all sad waiting for Cole. Cole has, Cole has gone out for a very, very long walk. And we get a waiting montage of Phoebe just sitting in different places in her room. Okay, not just not just a long walk. He he went for a long walk, and then he and then he was gonna shimmer back, but he can't shimmer because he doesn't have demon powers anymore. Okay, I know that this is an episode that I've been pretty down on, mm-hmm. and yeah, but and I've said this a lot this episode. I do really like Julian McMahon's sad Cole acting because yeah. this is theoretically a good thing. Theoretically, it is a good thing that Cole no longer has demonic powers. Now he doesn't have to worry about being tempted to evil. Except that, ironically, not having the demon... It's sort of like inoculation. Uh Uh-huh. Like, if you have some demon in you, then it stops more demon from moving in and taking over entirely. Oh, is that why Phoebe never goes totally evil? Mm. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get there. Oh, we're actually going to get there right now, because... Cole's like, so now that I'm human, will you marry me? And she's like, let's just fuck. Yeah, she's like, we can talk about that later. Credits. I legitimately remembered them being engaged this episode, but then again, I legitimately remembered them getting engaged really early in the season because they've really speed run the whole marriage, evil baby, become queen of hell thing in the second half of this season. How are we on episode eight and Cole's not the source yet? So weird. Well, they have to kill the original source first. I guess. Anyway, that's the end of this episode. Yeah, uh, that'll about do it. I, I'm i in two minds of this because it's not a bad episode. It just feels like it should be a better episode. And it's kind of hard to put my finger on why. Because it's, like, like, it's not like it's not focusing on Cole enough. It, it I, just, just, I feel like there's a lot of really good stuff that we could pull out of this episode and make like a really good half an hour episode. It's just there's... Also, I feel like maybe we should spend some more time with what's happening with Cole internally. And here I go again, taking a show that's got three female leads and being like, why don't we know what Cole is thinking? It's like, what am I, Sykes? But still. Yeah. But that's where we're going to leave it for this week. Yes. Uh, Much like the Charmed Ones, we have our own power of three. Uh, The first power in our pack is... Premonition, who in this episode is, was, or will become famous. The guy who played Sykes looked really familiar, but I could not place him. Okay, I suspect... Wait, let me back up. He's, like, a player in a bunch of things. He's, like, the one guy in a bunch of different procedurals. And he's also, like, a writer and a producer. That's his big thing. He's not really primarily an actor. Mm -hmm. But I think... He looks like Mark Shepard. He does. He does look like Mark Shepard. I think that might be what you're saying. Yeah. So it's it's much more like a Phoebe premonition where you thought you saw into the future, but it was something totally different. You were misled. Um, but yeah, him and the woman who played Sarah are both like... Hey, it's that guy's. Hey, not even hey, it's that guy's. Like reliable one episode players in Bones and Monk. You yeah. know, those guys. There's not really any other good premonitions in this episode. 
So our second, uh, the second power in our pack is Time Freeze. What specifically dated this episode? I didn't really have, did you have something? Sykes making the call from the payphone. Oh, duh, payphone, yeah. That would, yeah, payphone. Yeah, and I mean, obviously he made the call from the payphone so that he wouldn't be caught, like it wouldn't be his number, but. It would just be a burner phone these days. There's no way that there's a payphone in that alley now. Why anyone ever goes into alleys? Especially on this show. Yeah. And the last power in our pack is telekinesis. What genuinely moved you this episode, if anything? Okay, I feel like it should have been one of the Cole moments because those are the things that were good in this episode. And the comedy subplot was not good. But, I mean, once again, showing the way good acting can triumph over bad writing, Holly Marie Combs's I Wanted to Be Wrong. That's what moved me this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Shocking no one, Holly Marie Combs once again makes a silk purse out of a sow's ear. Yeah, no. Which is weird because Julian McMahon is a good actor and they gave him some, although definitely not enough considering how Cole-centric the episode is, moments. I mean, I like his stuff. It just didn't move me the way that did. Yeah. I mean, and Julian McMahon is fine. He's just no Holly Marie Combs. Mm. So Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it for this episode. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of our supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maricruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, we can be contacted at... I love television zines at Gmail, or you can tweet at us at I love TV zines. So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Hallwell Manor.